Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Good morning and welcome to Link Church today. It's a beautiful day right here in Charlotte, and I pray that you are doing well. I pray that everything is going um, great in your life. This is a crazy time that we are living in, but we are leaning um, on Jesus and we are just resting in his promises. I'm excited to get into the word of God today. If you're ready for the word, put it in the chat. Let's get some chat going today. Put it in the comments if you're ready for the word of God. Say, I'm ready to hear what God has to say today. We're going to be in the book of Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, and I'm going to read out of the New King James Version from verse 37. And it says this, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I'm going to pause right there. We are in a, a sermon series called What Would Jesus Say? And today I'd like to preach from the subject Love Without Limits. Love Without Limits. I believe, y'all, that we are in a critical or at a critical intersection and juncture in the history of the American church. It's, it's as if we are betwixt and between two voices that are vying for our attention. These two voices are the voice of the culture and the voice of the kingdom. And if we were to take the temperature of the signs of these times, it would not be hard for us to realize that this year has already been a year for the history books. If we look over the past six months, <clears throat> it would not be hard for us to conclude that this has been an unprecedented year. In the year 2020, we have experienced unprecedented death. We have experienced unprecedented division. We have experienced unprecedented fear and uncertainty. We have experienced unprecedented volatility in our economic markets. We have experienced unprecedented job loss. We have experienced unprecedented sickness. Never before have we been in such a polarizing atmosphere and culture. And we are looking at 2020 and saying to ourselves, what in the world has happened? What in the world is going on? We are feeling the, 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 the pressure of the culture as it seeks to infiltrate the kingdom. And it's as if the church, the American church, is in the epicenter, in the middle of these two voices, the voice of the culture 
and the voice of the kingdom. Now, we have to be careful, y'all. We have to be careful that we are not listening to the voice of the culture because the voice of the culture will try to determine and dictate our theology. I'm going to jump right into it today. I'm going to come right out the gate and say that the voice of the culture is trying to dictate and determine our theology. And the church of the living God has to come to the place and the point where we are uh, abiding by the kingdom agenda and not the culture's agenda. And if the church is not careful, we will be swept away with the agenda of the culture, and we will forget the agenda of the kingdom because the culture's agenda and the kingdom's agenda, they often do not match. And God, as as I began to just prepare for this sermon and seek the face of God and, and really try and figure out what God wants to say to his church, I believe that God is trying to realign the church in America so that we are kingdom focused and we are not culture focused. I need somebody to, to get that in your mind and get that in your spirit, that we have to be careful and very prudent that we are not culture focused, but we are very kingdom focused. We have to remember that we are the salt of the earth, that we are the light of the world. And if we assimilate to the culture, and what the culture is trying to do and what the culture is trying to say, then we will lose our effectiveness. Jesus says that if the salt loses its flavor, how can it be effective? How can it produce effectiveness? How can it salt the thing that it touches? And I am concerned because I believe God is concerned that we are losing our kingdom mindset. We are losing our kingdom mindset. I mean, is anyone out there still praying? Is anyone praying that, that we experience the very heart of God? Is anyone praying that, that God's will be done? Is somebody really going after the heart of God and asking that God's word be resident in the earth, that God's presence be resident in the earth? I mean, is there someone that is praying thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if we are taking our cues from the culture and not taking our cues from the kingdom, we will find ourselves to be rendered ineffective in the earth. And I don't want our church, uh, the kingdom of God, to be in a place where we are no longer effective in the earth. And potentially... Potentially and perhaps we have been so culture conscious and not kingdom aware that we have forgotten the principles of God. That, that we have allowed the culture to determine and to dictate our theology when it is 
that Sunday morning is the most segregated time in America, then perhaps we have allowed the culture to determine our theology and not God's word to determine our theology. When it is that we find ourselves more segregated in the church then the world is even segregated. Then I'm wondering, where are we as it relates to the kingdom of God? We have to be careful. We have to be prudent and we have to discern what God is saying to us in this season. Um, could it be, church, could it be that we are so concerned with winning the battle that we are about to lose the war? We, we are so concerned with winning these battles that we are about to lose the war. And how can we get a world to be bipartisan when the church is so partisan and partial? How, how can we say to the world that you need to be integrated and you need to love each other when in the church we are so divided and we are so segregated? Why is it that we are returning into our own separate corners and now we are being more divided in the kingdom than ever before? I believe we have to to be conscious of the spirit of the age that the gates of hell have released a spirit of division that is attacking the kingdom of God. Uh, the Bible says that a house divided against itself shall not stand. And, 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 and we, we work in, in occupations and we work in jobs and we work careers that are integrated, but yet we worship in places that are segregated. Uh, and I'm concerned that the church of the living God has allowed culture to infiltrate our kingdom. And so we have to then, I believe, return to the foundation. And, and the question is, what would Jesus say about where we are right now? What would Jesus say about what we need to do right now, considering all of the unrest in our nation considering all of the racial divide and division in our nation, consider considering all of the inequality and injustice in our nation. The question is, what would Jesus say? What, what, what should we do as a church? <clears throat> How do we navigate these types of waters? And, and on top of that, we are dealing with a pandemic. If we are not prepared to stand up in these moments, if we are not prepared to stand up and be the light of the world in these moments, then we might as well take our flight to heaven. We might as well make our home in the pearly gates. We might as well fly away and leave this earth entirely. But I believe that God has not returned for his church because there is still work to be done. I need somebody to put that in the comments. There is still work for us 
to do? And how do we go about being the kingdom of God and being God's church in this season? I believe that that means then we need to return to what Jesus said. And as I began to ponder and dive into the heart of God, for what we should do, for how we should proceed. God began to expose to me some of the things that really matter to him. And and when the Pharisees were questioning Jesus, one of the lawyers in the Pharisaical sect, they came to, he came to Jesus and he said to Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? I, I believe he was trying to trap Jesus. He was trying to catch Jesus slipping. And he says, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says that you should love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. Jesus, with great precision, he does not mince his words, but he, with great specificity, He quantifies the magnitude of our love towards God. And he says that we should love the Lord with all. And and he says all because if it's possible to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, then it is also, also possible to love God with some of our heart, some of our soul, and some of our mind. And perhaps we are in a situation and at a place where we actually do not love God with all of us. And I need to return somebody back to their first love. Because there is a difference between having love for God and being in love with God. There is a difference between having love for God and being in love with God. And how many of us uh, believe that we are actually in love with God when we actually just have love for God? You can have love for somebody and not be in love with them. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, you can have love for a person, but not be in love with them. And and there's somebody that is watching me right now. You have love for God, but you are not in love with God. You have love for the Father, but you are not in love with the Father. When you are in love with God, it pushes you to certain depths in your relationship. Because when you have love for God, you worship him out of obligation. But when you are in love with God, you worship him out of liberation. When when you have love for God, your relationship with him is forced. 
It, it is it is a requirement. But when you are in love with God, you willingly and gladly you 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 just desire to be in his presence. You desire to fulfill his needs. You desire for his will to be done. And when is the last time you prayed and communicated with God out of love, not out of obligation? When is the last time you spent hours in the presence of God? When is the last time you held his hand in the spirit? When is the last time you just wanted to listen to his voice? Because there is a difference between being in love with the worship song and being in love with the object of the one that the worship song is about. There is so much difference that we need to be conscious of the difference between being having love for God rather and being in love with God and I want to push some somebody today that's watching me to, to really dive into your love for God to really start being in love with Jesus mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm wondering whether or not the American church is more in love with politics than we are in love with God. Is, is the American church more in love with a political party than we are in love with God? Is, is the American church more in love with stuff and more in love with promotions, more in love with platforms than we are in love with God? Oh, there, there is a song that says, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It, it chases me. It, 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 it runs after me. Have you ever encountered the reckless, never-ending love of God? When is the last time you experienced the boundless love of God? Because the love of God is comprehensive. The love love of God will chase you down. The love of God will chase you like a fugitive. The love of God will, will go through walls just to find you. The love of God will cross through forests just to snatch you. Have you ever been caught up in the love of God? I need a brother today that's not too afraid to say that they love God. I need a brother to put it in the comments and say, I love God. I need a brother that's not too macho to say, I love God. I need you to put it in the comments because we need people that are in love with God. Jesus says that you should love the Lord with all of your heart. Love the Lord, the Lord your God. He, he did not say that, that you should love the Son of God. He says that you should love the Lord your God. That word Lord there means ruler. And, and, and God is looking for us to, to love him in the posture of ruler. 
to, to, to love him and to see him as the one that is the sovereign, the ruler of your life. There is a difference between loving God as savior and loving God as ruler. Uh, I, I, I feel I feel a pull in my spirit today. There is a difference between loving God as savior and loving God as ruler. When you love the Lord your God, it's 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 acknowledging him in his rightful place. It's it's acknowledging him not for what he's done, but it's it's acknowledging him for who he is. When you love him as savior, you love him because he redeemed you. You love him because he saved you. But when you acknowledge him and love him as Lord, you you love him for who he is. It's like when David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He is opening the Psalm number 23 and he is acknowledging God as his Lord, as his sovereign, as his ruler, as the one that holds all of his situations together, as the one that sees every detail of his life, as the one that is the source and 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 the progenitor and the epicenter of his existence. It is the one that is the alpha and the omega, the the beginning and the end. He is the Lord that is his shepherd. He is the ruler of the kingdom. And have we paid more homage? Have we given more loyalty to a, a human figure than we have given to the Lord of our lives? Do we give more credit to the one that signs our check than the one that has signed our life and our existence? Have we paid more homage and given more love to things in our lives and to people in our lives than the one that is the ruler, the ruler of our life. Love the Lord, your God. I want to, I want to push and propel somebody into a deeper love, a deeper love with your God. There are degrees to this thing called love. And, and some of us, we love church more than we love God. <laughs> we, we love the idea of church more than we love God. We love, we love even serving more than we love God. We, we love quoting scripture more than we love God. We, we love positions and our careers more than we love God. And, and I want to make sure that we have our hearts in order because 
Jesus said at the end of this discourse, he said that you should hang all of the law and the prophets, every commandment, you should hang it on the fact that you should love your Lord, the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, which means that if you cannot love God with all of who you are, then it would be hard for you to live your life according to purpose. It will be hard for you to live out your life according to the destiny that God has for you. And, and, and maybe we are in this predicament because we have left our first love. We, we have walked out on our first love that we have substituted a career for our first love. We have substituted a relationship for our first love. We, we have substituted our platforms for our first love. And, and in the book of Revelation chapter two, John writes to the church at Ephesus and Jesus is talking through John and John writes and he pens the words. And Jesus says, I have this one thing against you, church at Ephesus. You have left your first love. You are intense in your works and in your labors and you are working strong, but you have left your first love. And I don't wanna have an environment, a church, where we do so much, we work so hard, but we have lost and left our first love. Where has the love gone? I, I need you to write that in, in the comments. Where has the love gone? Because everything that we are and everything that we hope to be hinges on our love for God. And the racial tension that we are experiencing right now is an outflow of the lack of love for God. For when it is that humanity seeks to love their own agenda above their love for God, we will miss the heart and the agenda of the kingdom. I, I, I feel so strongly about this today. I, I, feel, I feel broken in my heart and broken in my soul because the church is the remedy for what the world needs. We are the ones that God has placed in the earth to bring harmony, to bring unity, and to return the earth back to the heart of God. But, but we will miss everything if we are not in love with God. 
And the, the, the change that we need in our churches starts with you. I don't have many jokes today. I don't have many catchphrases today. I only have something from my heart that God has put inside of me to, to birth a, a deep love for God in your soul, in your spirit, in your mind. I, 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 I want somebody this week, and I'm challenging you to be the change that your family needs, to be the change that your community needs, to be the change that your city needs, but it has to come out of your love for God. Jesus says to this lawyer that is asking him, what is the greatest commandment? He says you have to love him with your heart. You have to love God with your soul. You have to love God with your mind. <clears throat> My question to the text is, why, why Jesus? Why do you say we have to love you with our heart, our soul, and our mind? Why, why Jesus, did you not just say we have to love the Lord our God with all of us? But Jesus compartmentalizes the love that we should have for God because he wants to ensure that we love him out of our heart, number one, love him out of our soul, number two, love him in our minds, number three. Oh, oh there, there, is, there is something unique <clears throat> about loving God out of your heart. <laughs> there is something special about loving God out of your heart. I call a heartfelt love an authentic love. When you love God out of your heart, you love God authentically. And there are too many false Christians walking through and in our churches today. There are too many false Christians that are waving the banner of Christianity that do not love God authentically. They do not love God authentically out of their hearts. They do not love God from their inner man. They, they, they love the idea of God, but they do not love God from the depths of their heart. They do not love God with a level of authenticity that runs through the core of who they are. It runs through the core of their body and their soul. When you love God in your heart, you love God out of your emotions, out of the depths of your heart and your core and your ex existence. It is similar to the Davidic love, to the love that David pens in the Psalms. When, da when, when David writes the Psalms, you see the level of love that he has for God out of his heart. When the Psalms 
psalm says, as the deer pants after the water, so my soul longs after thee, O God. That is a love that comes from the heart. And you can't tell me that you authentically love your God when you don't desire to be around him. When you don't desire to spend time with him, when you don't desire to hear his voice, you can't tell me you authentically love God with your heart when you do not chase the very voice of God. When you do not chase the very presence of God, when you do not seek the very throne of God, you can't tell me that you love God authentically when you chase money more than you chase your maker. You chase money more than you chase your God. When you have an authentic love for God, you throw your politics out of the window. You throw uh, 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 your, your aspiration for promotion out of the window because all you want to be is in the presence of God. You can't fathom being anywhere else than in the presence of the Lord. For in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And, and I, I need somebody at link. I need somebody that's watching me to have an insatiable desire to run authentically after the presence of God. Oh, I want to raise up a people of God that will chase the authentic presence of God. God, we need your presence in our families. We need your presence in our churches. We need your presence in our government. The, 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 the time has gone and, and it's time out for our government to be filled with people that are falsely promoting Christianity. They're promoting a false sense of Christianity because in their hearts, they do not love God. They do not love him authentically. They love him politically, but they do not love him authentically. And maybe that's why there is so much division in America because we have not loved God authentically. I can't even get to the second part of this passage of scripture. I can't even get to the second part of this text where Jesus talks about loving your neighbor as yourself because I'm stuck on how we need to love God with all of our heart. Oh, oh, we need to love God with all of our heart. Maybe we would be more concerned about our impoverished communities and what's going on in our inner cities and how much there is so much, how much violence and how there's so much violence in our inner city communities and, and how there is so much uh, turmoil and, and how there is so much drug abuse just running rampant through our cities, through our suburbia because nobody loves God authentically anymore. 
Perhaps the American church has been built on money instead of being built on the love of God. I, I, I mean, I'm going to get in trouble today, y'all. <laughs> Can y'all pray for your pastor today? I, I need somebody to put in the comments, I'm praying for you, pastor. Uh, because if we do not love God with all of our hearts, then we will miss the kingdom agenda of God. And we cannot begin to love our neighbors like we should lo like we love ourselves if we don't love God authentically in our hearts. Number two, he says to love God with all of our souls. What does that mean? With all of our souls. The soulish part of you is the eternal part of you. It is the endless part of you. So to love God with all of your soul, you have to love God endlessly. You have to love God unconditionally. Hmm. You have to love God when it feels like God is not with you. You have to have an endless love for God. Love God when you're on the mountain and love God when you're in the valley. The soulish part of you is the eternal part of you. It's the part of you that God knew before you were formed in your mother's womb. The soulish part of you is the part of you that never dies because the Bible says that the soul goes back to God when we die. Our bodies return to the ground, but the soul goes back to God and you can escape your soul. You cannot escape the real part of you, the essence of you. And if you don't love God in the eternal realm, then you cannot love God at all. You've got to love God eternally. And, and I'm coming for the Christian that just loves God uh, in a finite realm, just loves God while you're on earth because you love the things that God has for you or you love the things that God does for you. So you don't have an eternal part of you that loves God. So, so I, I want you to know that if you can't love God endlessly, then you can't love God in the afterlife. You can't love God when this life is over. You can't love God when you go to heaven because in heaven, it's not about a house. In heaven, it's not about a car. In heaven, it's not about money. In heaven, it's not about a mansion. Although you'll get a mansion, you don't love God for a mansion, but you You've got to love God out of your soul. And I got and I want to serve notice on somebody today that only loves God for the things that he does for you. Only loves God when he gives you money. Only loves God when he pays your bill. But I, I, I need you to love God endlessly because when you get to heaven, you've got to worship a God that 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 you have known a God that it feels like you've known him all of your life. 
You see, you see, this sermon is unscripted today. I'm going off the top today because I believe God wants to speak right now out of the volume out of his heart. So I don't even have notes today to refer to because I believe God wants to push the authentic agenda of the kingdom of God. And he wants somebody to love him endlessly. I mean, if God does not do another thing for you, do you love him? If God never heals your body, do you still love him? If God never heals your child, do you still love him? If God never gets your child out of jail, do you still love him? Oh, oh, I need somebody that loves God with all of your soul. I need you to put it in the comments and say, I love God with all of my soul, with all of my soul, with all of my soul. Thirdly, Jesus says that you should love the Lord your God with all of your mind. It takes all of your heart, it takes all of your soul, and it takes all of your mind to effectively love your God. And if you don't love God in your psyche, if you do not love God intentionally, to love God with all of your mind means that you must love God intentionally. You must make a conscious decision to love God. <laughs> oh, put that in the chat because maybe you, your Bible has taught you that it's okay to just love God with all of your heart and all of your soul but you have never been taught that you have, have to intentionally make a decision to love God. For all the married folk, <laughs> I need you to stand up in the comments today. I need you to back up your boy in the comments today because true love takes great intentionality. <laughs> All of the folk that's been married longer than five years, I need you to stand up in the, in the comments today and say, I'm with you, Pastor. Uh, uh, all the folk that's been married longer than a decade, you know that you got to love somebody with your mind. You've got to make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to love you intentionally. See, see, this, this figment, this, this preconceived notion of love suggests to us that love just happens automatically, that we don't have to intentionally make a decision to love. If your marriage is going to last, you have to make a decision that I will love this person intentionally. That is the whole point of the vows that you say when you are standing before the preacher. 
And in front of a whole audience of people, you stand up and you say, I will love you in sickness and in health. I will love you through thick and thin. I will love you till, till death do us part. Because in your mind, you are making a decision, a vow, a commitment to love. And where has your commitment gone as it relates to your love for your God? You have got to make a decision that I will love the Lord my God in my mind. I will love him intentionally. I will love him unconditionally. I will love him in my thoughts. I will love him. Make a decision. I will love him this week. Make a decision. I will love him this month. Make a decision. I will love him the rest of 2020. Make a decision, y'all. Put it down in your planner. Put it down in your phone. Put it in your journal. Make a decision to love your God with your mind. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. But I believe that when the kingdom of God returns to a love that is without limits, a love that, that is without barriers, a love that is encompassed in the phrase, all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. That's when things get a little bit better. I, I, I'm a Bible reader. I, I love the word of God. So I know that we can't fix everything, but there are some things that we have been called to fix. There are some things that need to get better in our world. And I believe it starts with a love that is limitless. I didn't even get to the second part of this scripture that says that we should love our neighbors as ourselves, because maybe we need to return our love back to the place where Jesus desires it to be. Somebody I want to push you to prayer today because you need to get your love back. Put prayer in the chat. And we have people, we have our prayer team that is ready to pray with you today. God wants you to love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. And that actually could fix a lot that's going on in your city, a lot that's going on in your community, a lot that's going on in your family, a lot that's going on in your life. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.